Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the BB Show. I'm your host, Biebs. I'm here with my co-host, Jen. We're ready to talk week five, preview, preview week six, do our thing. Um, but before we get into any of that, we've got somewhat of a shorter episode today. Uh, we're going to take our time, really dive into some of the some of the meaningful games from this week. But before we get into any of that, Jen, how are you doing today, man? Excited? Packers play tonight. It's, it's yeah. No, it's uh, very exciting. I, I just... I hope we get some more help for Jordan. All right. Like Jordan love has not been the problem with the Packers. And as much as I've loved Matt LaFleur's play calling an issue for me, people probably don't even know this. You think of Josh Jacobs and Aaron Jones. That's, I mean, arguably that's two top 10 running backs in the NFL per se. The Raiders are the 32nd ranked defense. That is last of last guys that is there's 32 teams in the nfl <laughs> and the packers are 31 so against this, the run um in terms of running the ball themselves oh average yeah, I believe, packers 72, 72 yards ish i believe total on the ground so that could be a combo of some jordan love scrambles aj dillon's two-yard runs um so it's not efficient and then you look at the Raiders, they're like, I mean, 65 yards was struck out at me. It's like, how do you even total for a team operate that way through the quarter of the season? So, but anyway, I think that'll probably extend the game tonight because you're going to have a lot of incomplete passes. But Devontae Adams might be due. All I can say is Jair Alexander may not play. If that's the case, Devontae revenge game will happen. Um, but I, I will be excited you know, as long as we kind of get that established. Like, if we're just not going to utilize Aaron Jones, we're not going to make playoffs this year. I'll tell you that right now. That's what last week told me. We got to manage the clock better. We got to establish a game plan that isn't going to kill us in the first half, man. But, no, we can get into uh, really what happened this past week because our uh, little division rivals down south and down south where you're at currently, uh, you – you got to see the Bears actually cook, I mean, and not cook garbage. It was surprisingly something I never would have expected. Um, I could argue Ron Ferris should be fired for this offense, but what, what what is your thoughts on just the game is in itself? So something something in the Bears offense fundamentally changed two weeks ago. I, they, they hit rock bottom the week. I forget who they played in week three. Uh, but they definitely hit rock bottom. Um, and then when they came out against the Bucks or the the Broncos, not the Bucks, the Broncos, uh, they were great. 28 to 7. Justin Fields looked good to moving the ball. And they ended up losing that game because of poor coaching. And honestly, anytime there's a massive comeback like that, it's really hard not to look at the defense as a main part of the problem. How do you give up however many second half points it was, right? Right. Um, and we all know the Bears have their problems on defense. Now the Bears. Again, they come back on Thursday night, short week. They go into Washington, uh, and Justin Fields looks fairly excellent again. 280 yards, four touchdowns, lit it up in the first half. But what struck out to me about this game, and it wasn't so much like creative play calling or anything, uh, but it's hard to really ignore DJ Moore going for 230 yards and three touchdowns. Now, I think this was a product of the commanders running an insane amount of man coverage. Uh, and him just being the one guy that can somewhat create separation for the Bears. Um, but uh, it's it's more than that. I, I think that the Bears were able to establish a solid running game. Khalil, Khalil Herbert had 76 yards rush, uh, averaging seven yards of carry. Uh, Fields had 57 yards rushing. So I think 130 yards rushing right there. Um, look, I'm not going to overreact to this game because Thursday night game – Commanders are not that great anyways. Um, yeah. And there was definitely a period in the third quarter where the commanders were coming back. They came out and won the third quarter 11 to zero after being down 27 to three at halftime. Um, and it really wasn't until DJ Moore kind of iced the game uh, on a missed tackle from, I'm pretty sure it was Kendall Fuller. I can't remember if that's his name or not, but um, yeah. on a hitch route. And then he scores his last touchdown that kind of iced the game for the bears. Uh, but yeah, you know, the franchise needed this, man. They they needed a win. This wasn't a scrape-by win. This was a response win after being in the same position uh, the week before 
up big at half. Uh, and this was, you know, face a little adversity in the third quarter, win the game in the fourth quarter, um, dominantly win by three scores, 20 points. I, I was impressed. I, I will say that I was impressed. Back-to-back weeks, I've been very – something flipped in Justin Fields where he's playing free. He's back to trusting his arm and just slinging it, um, and he's not overthinking the offense. So I don't know if it's a comfort level with what's been going on. I still have all the same concerns. Like, this is not a playoff team. This is not a five-win football team. Um, and this coaching staff won't be here next fall. I still have all the same concerns, uh, but it was nice to see them get their first first win since I think Elon Musk took over Twitter, as <laughs> as I learned, um, <laughs> which is – All back, but I know it's true. I, I saw a stat that said Elon Musk took over Twitter in, like, late October of 2022. Every major sports team, every major sports team, (laughs) baseball, basketball, hockey, every team had a win until Thursday night, except the Bears, until Thursday night. It took the Bears. Every other team in every other league won a game before the Bears could. Um, It was almost a full year. I believe it was like three years. It was almost a full year. It was quite literally a full year's length which is ridiculous <laughs> and look i don't want to get bears fans excited but this they could very easily be two and three right now um and be in a completely different have a completely different feel to their season um they'd have a better record than the vikings if they could have hold on held on to that you know game against the broncos and they play the vikings this week which we'll get into i'm i'm a little bit i'm, I'm excited to see this game and oh, it's, yeah. it's gonna be it's gonna be fun fun a fun a fun game but what are your thoughts i mean i i don't i didn't really talk much about the commanders this honestly more of a, and i'll say this before i give you the floor mm-hmm. uh, i think this is more of a worse loss like the loss is worse for the commanders than the win is good for the bears absolutely yeah my, my thoughts on that um i don't know if i'm actually joking when i say ron fair should be like this is on that probably list of fireball offenses. I'm not saying it's gonna happen now, but like when you think of a guy getting like three strikes, like this loss in itself, I think could be a strike just in the sense that it's not the offense's fault. In my opinion, um, I I know, I believe, I think Sam Hall might have had a pick, but I I saw he threw the ball like 57 times. I think that's- ball 51 times for 388 yards, two touchdowns. Right. And to me, from a guy that's in his second year, um, I would say he's already solidified himself in like that Jacoby Brissett role is going to be a reliable backup for you just because you don't even open it up to guys like Fields, Zach Wilson, even T-Loff. I saw him get 50 attempts in like his rookie year or something. You'd be like, wow, they're really opening up the offense. And for Sam Howell to be that efficient – um, especially in a situation where... I will say this was definitely like game script though. Like oh, I, I'm sure he had 20 sure. passes in the no huddle offense because they were down in the fourth quarter. And absolutely. And I, I just think it's for him to be able to be efficient with that many attempts. Even Jordan Love, I, I love you know seeing him play, but his issue is his completion percentage. I don't even think is above 60. Like it's in the 50s right now. And um, to see Sam Howell have that volume of attempts is is good, but it, it really leads me to the question of like, I, I just if Ron Rivera is not going to provide a suitable defense, like I'm sorry, giving up 40 to the Bears, your defense probably bottom 10, like that's and how that happens overnight is kind of bizarre because I feel like the Commanders and Broncos both were teams that when you look at the personnel. I mean, you'd think their defense would still be solid and just kind of this season, for some reason, it's went the other way. I have to just look at the coaching. I just have to pin it on Sean Payton and Ron Rivera. Um, You can argue with like Randy Gregory getting cut from Broncos, whatever, but the commanders are not like, I mean, Chase Young was supposed to be really what Jadavian Clowney has never become, that superstar Miles Garrett-esque pass rusher. And they had a lot of other guys. I mean, Montez Sweat comes to mind where it's like, this should have been a good defense. And to give up 40 to a team we've harped on of how bad their struggles have been, not only from just the personnel, but the coaching especially, um, this is hard to come back from. Like you said, it's 
a loss that hurts the commanders more than that win really helps the bears. And so I've, I'll just kind of leave it at that, but I will say, I know you put some stock in Sam. I'll, I see it. You know, I see the vision, the sense that he'll be in the league for a while. He's shown he can at least settle in and manage a game for you. Here's my, here's my final thoughts on the commanders. And I'm looking at the box score. They're rushing six for 10 from Brian Robinson, four of 19 for Sam Howell. They had 29 yards rushing the entire game. And no, I don't know. Look, no chance. I watched the game. The Bears rushing defense completely overperformed where they've been at. That's not an excuse. Like the Bears rushing defense has been horrible all year. Yeah. Defense has been horrible in all facets. And I consider the commanders to be at least a 50 50 team, maybe even like 55 65 run pass. Like they are a running team. That's their identity um, because they've got a younger quarterback. And that is just not the team. Maybe I'm just wrong in that analysis, but that is just not what I saw. And if you're going to drop back and throw the ball 51 times with a second year quarterback in his first year starting, his fifth start of his career, uh, you got to have better weapons. I don't, I'm not in love with what they've got going at tight end receiver and running back. It's nothing stand. It's very mid. Like it's one of those rosters that if say like prime Tom Brady was on it, it would be elevated completely, but they don't have that luxury. So they've got like a solid, uh, like it's a, it's a mid receiving court. You got Terry McLaurin, who's a high end, a high end, low end receiver one. Like, Does that make sense? No, it is. He's like kind of that fringe top 10 and you don't want to say he's not good, but at the same time, it's like you look at the talent, you know, he's no Tyree kill or Justin Jefferson. No. He's very player. I'm not, because I know people would come at that of Derek McLaurin. So, and especially being from Ohio state, but um, no, I, I fully agree with where the NFL is at. I mean, in 2000, that guy's probably a top five receiver, but not in today's game. So then you got Jahan Dotson, who I think is a solid young receiver. Curtis Samuel, same old, same old. Logan Thomas is an average tight end. Uh, and what what Sam Howell does very well is you look at this receipt, and he's done this every week. Logan Thomas, nine receptions. Curtis Samuel, six. Antonio Gibson, four. McLaurin, four. Robinson, four. Jahan Dotson, three. He's spreading the ball around great. And as a defense, that should be hard to guard and should produce more points. And obviously we can talk like the losses on the commander's defense more than the offense. We've said that multiple times, but I just feel like offensively, if this is their identity, drop back and throw it 50 times. Like, yeah, we're going to see Ron Rivera. They're, we're going to see them move on from Ron Rivera because I don't think the roster is that bad, but they're not winning. Like they're for some reason. Like, yeah. Really like the word overperforming, but the commanders to me are very much underperforming right now. You yeah. saw it right with the, the Cardinals game. I mean, that game was tight and it's like, I, I know the Cardinals are fighting a lot more this year than we anticipated, but I'm just not in love with the direction of kind of what Ron Rivera's got going on. It's going to say it. I think they could use from like a younger minded coach, somebody that's going to. The motivate. question is, is how many of those guys are out there? And I do understand that from like a management I, perspective is how uh, I, you know, I think it's Eric B right now. That's like, fair. He's proven. He's proven. Yeah. The fact he just left from OC to OC with the commanders to prove, Hey, I can do this. Like that is not only saying like, okay. Like he has that like coach mentality of like, he knows how good he is. And I think that would be able to elevate other players. Like, he's just going to focus on that and not trying to prove his agenda. Or, like, dude, I don't know if you saw the whole thing with, like, Matt Canada. I don't think we had Raven Steelers on the slate. but Oh, we do. It's up next. <laughs> okay. Like, the entire, like, the game-winning touchdown, like, it clearly, like, something was wrong about it because he was just, like, not happy. And I saw the clip. Yeah. I'm sorry. Like, maybe you have a different feeling, but, like, how robotic do you have to be in that moment to not be, like, like my second year quarter, like that was an amazing connection to like. Future so, okay. So let's, we can pivot to Raven Steelers. Cause I, yeah, I yeah. want to talk about it. But with this clip, like, I feel like it was a social media overreaction. Like coaches don't react. Like that's part of like the job because you're always looking for a flag. You're always looking <laughs> for, you know, something to go wrong. It's, I don't know. I thought it was an over. Like you don't know at all what he's thinking in that moment. 
Like you're it's, probably it's totally so right, subjective. I've, I've seen the Twitter. I'm not saying. I'm not saying, saying it doesn't. I just look don't. Bad. Like it. You're right. <laughs> yeah. All things considered, with all the other crap with Matt Canada, like yeah, it doesn't yeah. look good. But it's also like, dude, like we're in. We're you know insinuating a lot. Like he, no, there's I, a missed assignment on that play, and he's looking at that, and he's looking for a flag or something. Like you know. Yeah, I totally agree with you, man. I feel like I. Honestly, I feel like as a fan of the game, I do that where I'm like, no flags are like it yeah. is a little bit of a set. And you know, I just I, I don't like the guy. He's holding the Steelers back. They still managed to win in spite of him. I, I, um, but I, uh, what I could go on a Steelers rant. Yeah, we we could, but the Ravens to me, I feel like is not getting talked about enough. They brought in a new OC. And honestly, offensively, I think they look worse because not only do they get worse at running the ball, they have not been able to utilize anybody in the past game as initially expected. Um, What is your just take on that and where they go from here? Because I've seen a lot of Ravens fans really clamoring at the fact like, all right, like our offense is not there. It's not it. But is this team like really in danger? Is that like what you foresee? Uh... Well, Lamar was my quarter season MVP, uh, which he proceeded to follow that up with probably his worst game of the year. But, gotta love it. Gotta yeah, love it. You got you, you gotta love it. I actually I don't know. The Ravens it's, it's a it's, formidable it's, loss in my mind because of Mike Tomlin. Yeah, I, I mean this is not like a shocking it's a little shocking loss to me, but it's also like I was watching the end of the Steelers-Ravens game, literally laughing out loud at the fact that the Steelers won that game just on complete, like, mayhem. Like, I don't know. They yeah. find it's, – it's somebody said this on Twitter. I forget who it was. I'd love to give them credit. But they were like, the way that the Steelers magically do the statistically impossible of finding a way to have a winning season every year is nothing short of amazing. Because there's they have just they just win games like this every year that they have no business winning. They didn't play for three and a half quarters. They were horrible for three and a yeah. half quarters. But their defense is top tier, kept them in the game. Then you got Kenny Pickett, George Pickens connecting when they need it most for a mm-hmm. long touchdown on Marlon Humphrey, who by the way looked horrible on that play. Um, <laughs> Such a to answer your question with the Ravens. It's not so much the Ravens losing this game or the offense looking poor that, that look, they're going to look poor against the Steelers. Steelers defense is legit. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's a division rival, so they know them inside out. Like, that's what it is. Uh, what the bigger concern for me is about this game from, from the Ravens' perspective is this division loss really keeps that door wide open for all the other teams behind them in this division. All yeah. three of them. The Steelers, huge win in playoff implications if they're going to continue to scrap off wins like this. Right. The Browns, who we think very highly of, who are on by this week, this is big. Like, this is just a loss that the Ravens weren't expected to have. And now they're one game back instead of two. And the same thing, the Bengals. Bengals Bengals won. If they're going to find themselves, this is a game that if both teams end up 11 and five, you look back on, you're like, man. Like they played bad that day. That that was the difference, and that snuck the Bengals back into the playoffs picture because of that, right? Uh, or the Browns, or the Steelers. Like it could be anybody. So that's the biggest loss, which is very subjective to me for the Ravens. Like it's a divisional loss. It's Ravens Steelers, man. I I should take the under every time they play. I don't know why I don't. Like it's it is what it is. Matt Canada definitely holding the Steelers offense back. Absolutely. Yeah. He won't make it through the off season. Mike Tomlin will get rid of him. Pickens is so good, man. And they never throw it long to him. It's so frustrating. Like, he's got that ability to be a top five, like, deep ball threat. It's just not getting utilized. I I agree. And it's a weird situation where you actually have a fan base and the rest of the NFL looking at a young quarterback on a struggling offense and not placing blame on him at all. It's, I feel like that's very rare where most times fan bases will look at the quarterback first and say it's his fault. Mm-hmm. And no, all the heat's on Matt Canada, which I think is really funny because he actually doesn't – Kenny Pickett, he doesn't throw a lot of picks, man. 
Like he's no. taking care of the ball. He's been efficient. I'd have to double check his yearly stats and see if I just said something that's not. Well, true, it's just but... his stats are even kind of like when you watch him play, he just Steelers fans, especially because people that don't know what they're talking about will at face value be like, well, Pickett stinks. Like, what does he do? Like, he doesn't put up the big numbers, but he gets handicapped, man. Like, the whole bubble screen, like, meme thing is like it, it happens every week where it's like, all right, like Kenny Pickett is like three for four for 15 yards. Like you're just, when your offense is so conservative, yeah, you're not making mistakes, but you're not looking good either. Like I get the Steelers are always every year that people are going to say they're a winning team because they don't turn the ball over. Like that plus minus differential and turnover margin is always a plus for the Steelers, but that doesn't mean they're a good offensive football team. Like it's, it's it's so frustrating to watch i love if they brought in like just somebody a modern mind really is my biggest thing for them yeah i mean yeah i i am very disappointed with their offense so far this year um it's getting to the point where i don't even know if it's like Najee harris gets a lot of slander on this podcast for being modern day Trent richardson and there's a part of me there's a part of me at this point where it's like Maybe it's not Najee Harris's fault. Like maybe yeah. it's the offensive Gordon. Maybe it's all on that Canada. Yeah. Uh, so he'll be the first to go in terms of coordinators come the end of the season. I, I think he'll make it through the year. Mike Tomlin doesn't strike me as that kind of guy, but right. You never you never know if it gets really bad. But um yeah, I'm, big win for the Steelers, man. This is exactly what you predicted preseason. Like just scrapping wins for no reason. I expect nothing less from the Tom. Yeah. Every year. Uh, but let's move on to uh, Jaguars bills. The Jags go two and O in London. Um, this makes me feel good, man. I know I picked the bills, but I'm still like all those preseason takes on being very high on the Jaguars, Lawrence Ridley. Like this was, this was some final payoff. They've been struggling. Um, and really the star of this game, who I still am very high on like for a long time and will be is Travis Etienne. 136 yards rushing, two care or two touchdowns, 48 yards receiving. He's he's a true modern back, in my opinion. He's not quite a bell cow back, but he literally he's a two and a half down back. And you know, he's a superstar when he's got the ball in his hands. Um, very happy for him. What are your thoughts on the Bills here? Um, this was a I mean, they're three and two. They've looked great. They didn't look bad in this game. I really just think that the Jaguars looked that good. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts? No, I actually completely agree in the sense that um, I, I picked the Jags for a reason. Like, I, I just expected the Bills to not win this game due to the fact that the Jags really had a home field advantage. And people, I think, underestimate going through, like, the fact of traveling to a different country, like players already complain about travel schedule, not getting enough time. Well, now you're going over to London and the Jags having that advantage of literally being there for a week early. I mean, already having to get acclimated to the time change and playing in that stadium, practicing there. It was expected for the bills to keep this thing close, honestly, for how well the Jags played. Um, that's I'm not going to really knock on the Bills, but I would love to tip my hat to that Trevor Lawrence and Calvin Ridley connection. I mean, it was definitely apparent on that. I mean, geez, man. I mean, that was that was a fun game to watch just kind of to start the day. Um, this is and this is not like to be an overreaction. I know it was a really big win for them and it was a neutral site and they kind of had an advantage, but the Jaguars. I mean, this is what Doug Peterson does. If he won a Super Bowl, Nick Foles, you can't look at this team and tell me a couple injuries way in the AFC, the ball rolls their way. Like the Jags at their best, we just saw it Sunday morning, can beat the cream of the crop. The Bills, they lost by a possession of the Chiefs. It's like, yeah, and that's early in the season with a very young squad that is still working to find connections. So, I really, I still think it's the Jaguars' division to lose. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if they go on like a surprise Super Bowl run, kind of like what we saw at the Bengals two years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, here's my concern with the Bills: is when have they been at their best this year? Uh, when James Cook has been kind of 
establishing that run game. Sunday, their leading rusher was Josh Allen with four carries for 14 yards. James Cook had five carries for negative four. Uh, Damian Harris, three for 13. Latavius Murray, two for six. That's the problem with the Bills is they, historically, the Josh Allen Bills, uh, they're incredible. They're in games solely because of Josh Allen. I'm 27 of 40 for 359, two touchdowns and an interception. Like, <laughs> you know, that he's that's how they move the ball. That's when they're at their best. But I, maybe not at their best. That's what, where they've won a lot of games. Oh, sure. If they're going to make that leap, I've said this many times, I'm going to say it again, they have to be committed to establishing the run game, specifically between the tackles, but also just literally handing the ball off and doing anything with Cook, Harris, or Murray. I don't care who it is. It has to be anybody but Josh Allen. And that's how they're going to win playoff games against teams like Kansas City, against teams like Jacksonville, against teams like Cincinnati, where they are willing to run the ball and manage manage the game that way. And the the Bills, they look very mid-2010 Packers right now, like the end of McCarthy-era Packers, where they're winning, they're winning more than those Packers teams did, but it's like we ride or die with Josh Allen and we're going to throw the ball 50 times a game. We ride or die with Aaron Rodgers, we're going to throw the ball 50 times a game. Like that's just not Super Bowl winning football. It's winning football to win you your division, but it does not get you over the hump all the way. Um, and I just feel like that they need, they've had some really great games this year where James Cook has gotten 20 carries and they've been really good because of that. I understand game script plays a part in this. They were down trying to come back. Uh, they scored 13 points in the fourth quarter. They were no huddle that whole time throwing the ball like crazy. Fair, fair enough. But for a large portion of this game, it was 11 to seven. Like that's not a period of time in, you know, it was 11 to seven and a half. They scored early in the second quarter to make it 11-7. So really over two quarters of this game was 11-7. That is not a time to completely abandon the running game. And that is my issue with the Bills play calling is it's just they're too quick to do that. Oh, dude, I honestly could argue that's an issue I have with a lot of people's play calling. Like it definitely stood out with the Bills. But you think of, you said Josh Allen had like four attempts, James Cook five, Damian Harris three. Let's say in total they ran it, you know, give them, give them generous here, 15 times. I'm doing that in the first half. Personally, as a head coach, when you think of 30 minutes of football, how many possessions on average you're getting, at no point, even if it's 21-0 in the first half, should you be going that far away from the ground game? Especially, like you said, how much success they've had with James Cook. You have Josh Allen as a threat it's not hard to establish him. He, he will always get those rushing yards for you. Get James Cook involved. Even if he gets stuffed and he has a minus couple yards, keep feeding the rock because at the end of the day, when you get in the second half and you're just throw, 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 the pass rushers, that is so easy. Like for a defense to call that defense, when you know they're just going to keep throwing it, keep throwing, that is so easy. And I think a lot of teams just could take that approach. I will keep mimicking it to the Packers, especially a team that's not built to throw the ball that many times. You have to establish the run. And I think you talked on it definitely probably in early this season, but definitely last year in the podcast of there might be this time where it swings back, like the ball in the sense of it starts to teams just learn how to run the ball better. And we see a little bit with the sneak peek at the Eagles and the quarterback sneak, but I'm waiting for that team to kind of go in on the Titans philosophy of we got our running back that will just Jerome Bettis' way to three, four yards in our line that will push forward for that. I don't think – I actually think the Eagles are probably the perfect embodiment of exactly what I was predicting last year. And it was earlier before they really took off last year. But I had said that these – you know, the late 2010s or 2000 kind of sparked by that 2011 quarterback season for the rest mm-hmm. of the decade. Uh, NFL offenses got obsessed with throwing the ball every down. Um, and you can go look at numbers like it was historic, the passing seasons that were happening. And those are not happening now. Uh, so while I think that there are less talented quarterbacks in the league right now than before then, that's regardless of the point that like pass attempts were up then and they're down now. And the Titans, I think, were the first ones to say, screw it going to run the ball with Derrick Henry down your throat, try and beat us. And they were very successful. They didn't get a Super Bowl out of it. I don't know if they will. I, I really don't think they will this year. So 
Um, but they changed the game, and I think the Eagles have come on with a more modern rushing dominant attack. You could also probably throw the 49ers in there. Um, but pre-CMC 49ers, I mean, you can go back to when they went to the Super Bowl with Jimmy G. They were doing it. They ran for whatever with Raheem Mostert and the Packers in the NFC Championship, like 350 or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Eagles, to me, you have a, a very strong rushing quarterback who also can throw the ball very effectively. You have the best offensive line in football. You bring in a guy like DeAndre Swift on a cheap contract who now is just severely excelling because he is option like two and a half in the rushing threat. Like, yeah. like okay, we're going to game plan to stop DeAndre Swift. Well, go on. And I get that like you can't – not everybody can construct a roster like this, but you can call an offense like this and, and, and put an emphasis on it where Jalen Hurts is a rushing threat. What – um. A.J. Brown is a deep threat, okay? So just fill in, like, these stereotypes. Quarterback rushing threat, a deep threat. We'll call Devontae Smith a slot under medium pass threat. Okay, those are two of the best solid tight ends, okay? Very, like, serviceable tight end. Uh, And then DeAndre Swift, who is a just a rushing threat, who's he's playing well right now. It could be DeAndre Swift. It could be Kenneth Gainwell. It could be anybody. But it all starts with that O-line. And I think the teams are going to look at the Eagles. They're going to look at the Niners of the past. And they're going to, there's going to be even more emphasis than there has been um, on just running the ball. And we're going to move away from throwing the ball 50 times a game. And that's why I think that look at what the, here's the biggest example. Okay. I'm kind of rambling, but the Chiefs this year, their rushing rates are through the roof compared to last year because they actually have a guy in Isaiah Pacheco who's put, going to put his shoulder down and get you three yards. And what are they doing? They don't have Tyreek Hill anymore. Travis Kelsey's been in and out with injuries. How are they winning games? They're running the ball. They're running the ball. They're not relying on Mahomes to make magic like they have in the past, throw it up to Tyreek Hill, get whatever you want. No, they're running the ball. And it's just very like, I, I just think that running the football is so more important than people realize. It's very lame. And when in the past, you can look at Bill's box scores and a game like this, and it's Josh Allen has 50, 60 yards rushing on eight or nine attempts. It's like, oh, you know, uh, okay, at least they got something out of it. This game, four for 14 from Josh Allen, their leading rusher in attempts and carries. Or and yards, sorry. Yeah. And that's the problem. Uh, it is. I mean, like, highlight it, emphasize it, scream it from the rooftops, because the only reason people went away from the kind of ground and pound philosophy. And there's this infu like just huge, just infu- like inf- infatuation, infatuation with passing in the sense of you could throw it over a linebacker's head. Like Peyton Manning of 2013 is my big example of like Julius Thomas was a matchup nightmare. And you don't even hear the name anymore because teams start doing the kind of hybrid defense of using safeties and, I remember Mark Barron coming from safety and middle linebacker, Deanna Buchanan, like guys that be drafted as safeties and like a year or two later are moving to middle linebacker, not only to save their career, but in the sense of that, that was the counter. That was the, all right, we got to figure out all these teams that are running wild and passing it. I mean, there was like three or four year stretch of like Stafford, Breeze, Manning from like 2011 to 2014, 15, where like they were just setting the record books. And we've yeah. not had that. Like so, we, I mean, the homes made a couple of years ago 50, but I, I really strongly agree that it's it's going to lean this other way because teams are realizing, oh, they just came out with basically six or seven DBs. Why are we not handing the ball off when we have five offensive linemen right in front of us? So here's the here's my analysis of the early 2010s defensive macro NFL defensive strategy. 2011. I mentioned it earlier. It's like the most historic quarterback season ever. Like Drew Brees yes. for 5,000 yards, whatever touchdowns. Didn't win down. the MVP. It was insane what was going on that year, right? If you don't know about it, look it up. The immediate response to that, look at the following years, okay? 2011, Rodgers wins the Super Bowl. Uh, then we went, I think it was Manning Brady again, whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. But very quickly after that, the Legion of Boom came on the scene and set the defensive trend for the rest of the league. And that was one high cover three look, bringing in Cam Chancellor into that box and running sort of these hybrid looks. Um, and that was 
in response to the insane amount of pass. Well, it was a delayed response. Let me say this. It was better. It's better against the run, but it was, they had the personnel to defend the pass with it. But what happened was is teams were copying that. And then quarterbacks went on a tear for the rest of the decade, shredding it because they didn't have the personnel that, you know, Earl Thomas, Richard Sherman, Byron Maxwell, they didn't have Cam Chancellor. They didn't have that where we could have a freak like Cam Chancellor play in the box and the secondary. Teams didn't have that player. So when teams tried to copy the single high look, guys like Aaron Rodgers, guys like Drew Brees, guys like Tom Brady had an incredible decade of throwing the football because they playing these cover three looks. As we reached the 2020s, we've seen defenses go back to taking that guy out of the box and put him in back in the secondary and, and revert back to two high safety looks. And what we're seeing is that passing numbers are down. Yardage numbers are down because those beat balls aren't there. Um, and like you said, they're bringing more secondary players and playing them in the, you know, in the box. You've got guys converting the linebacker, Isaiah Simmons, these sort of players. All right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I, the adjustment, well, now you've got one less guy in the box. Teams like the Titans have made a living off of it. We're just going to run the ball. Yep. Right. And you know, what made the Titans so effective? We've talked about this. What made the Titans so effective in their rushing game? AJ Brown. That was what made them so effective is you have to honor him. That's what Keep makes honest. the Eagles so effective. AJ, ironically the same player, but AJ <laughs> Brown. So it's very, it's very interesting to study, you know, over time defensive trends and whatnot, because it's always three or four years delayed on what offenses are going to do. Um, And I'm excited to see in two, probably a year to two years time, the reaction to the McVay, Shanahan, Sirianni led offenses. Uh, I know Sirianni is not a coordinator, but um, you get my point. Oh, absolutely. Those, those teams, I'm interested to see the defensive reaction and, and game plan for it. But all that to say this, the Bills need to run the ball more if they're going to win games. Like, Yeah, absolutely. No, it's running the ball is essential in the year 2023. I cannot stress that enough from what we've seen so far. Let's move on. We spent a lot of time on that one. Um, good discussion, though. Oh, uh, all right. In his career, Bill Belichick has never been beaten. I think they lost 35 to zero last week. Let me double check yeah, that. 34. 38 to three last week. Worst loss was career, 35 points. Follows that up this week with a 34 to zero goose egg. I'm going to say it. I have pressed the panic button on the Patriots this year. I, I have pressed the button and the alarms, the alarms are, are siren are, are, are going. Oh yeah. I don't see it. I, I don't see the vision, man. I, I, their offense is horrible. It, Mac Jones is just not great. I, I not want, it's another similar situation where I think it's more on the coordinator. Uh, and if the Patriots don't have their defense, which they haven't for two weeks in a row, then they've got nothing. Yeah. That's, that's why I've pressed the button. Oh yeah. Roster wise. I don't care what anybody says. This is bottom five. I, I could go check like every, I couldn't – I mean, I think – who's Mac Jones throwing to? There's a guy like – it's like Kendrick Bourne and then probably another undrafted guy that used to play quarterback. Like, this is – it's the classic Bill Belichick stuff where everyone kind of makes fun of Bill O'Brien for what he did to the Texans, and rightfully so. But Belichick has been doing this with the Patriots, whether people like it or not for at least the past like five years and probably then some and the reason Brady left early because Belichick has all the control and he gets it because of the Patriots dynasty and what he had seen in like Troy Brown and that early roster. But dude has not had it. Go look at his past drafts. Go look at roster right now. Um, He's out of date. I don't care what anybody says. Like it's the reality. We see it on the field. I think that he should relinquish general manager duties. I still think he's an incredible coach. Great coach, yeah, but he can't build a roster to save his life. Like, it's it's really Yeah, I mean, you can – here's what he can do, and he's proven this. This year's an anomaly to me. He's proven that he can build a defense based on the system and basically plug guys in that you've never heard of in the draft. Oh, I think his defense is the system. J.C. Jackson, (laughs) um, 
what's his face? He's still there. The guy who wears the red sleeves, like he's been a stud. Oh, you're not. But then you yeah. think of like Amy Collins, Kyle Van Noy, guys that. Yeah, really- guys that come out of nowhere. It's like, where yeah. did they find? Like he, and that has been post, you know, Teddy Bruschi, you know, era, Definitely. Willie McGinnis era of Patriots defenses and post Brady Patriots defenses that have been good. This year is just so different. I just think the offense is really that bad, and it's just like a sour taste. I'm not like the panic button has been pressed. I'm never going to rule them out of finding a way to weasel into the wild card like conversation. Yeah, it just seems tough to do this year, man. I I agree with what you said, man. They no longer. Yeah, yeah, like theirs is already tough. And you look yeah. at the South, you look at the West, you look at the North, like it's competitive. They are – the Patriots miss Tom Brady. And it's not Tom Brady it's themselves they miss, but they miss a quarterback that doesn't need good weapons to be good. Consistency. Yeah, they miss – Mac Jones, I think he actually could be in that Kirk Cousins tier of game manager. But Kirk Cousins has Justin Jefferson. And – Trevor Lawrence has, you know, Calvin Ridley and Christian Kirk. Justin Herbert had, you know, all these younger guys. Kirk Cousins is a younger guy, but all these those game managers. Brian Tannehill has Derrick Henry and, you know, uh, DeAndre Hopkins slash A.J. Brown. Like, it's – the situation – we've seen what situations can do for young quarterbacks. This is just not a good situation. That's the bottom line. And I just – I'm not saying that they need to move on from Mac Jones, play Bailey Zappi. I'm saying they need to change their offensive philosophy and spend money on freaking offensive weapons. Like, that's that's what I'm saying they need to do. Because Jacoby Myers for the last few years, Kendrick Bourne, Hunter Henry, whoever else they've had playing the wide receivers, it's not enough. It's not even – yeah, it's – You no longer have the greatest quarterback of all time who can take Danny Amendola and Chris Hogan and elevate them into serviceable receivers. You don't have that. Nah, I can't agree more. Good one for the Saints, too. I mean, just to roll over it. I, I don't even really want to call them a competent team, though. Like, right now, Patriots are just bad. But yeah. a good win for the Saints, regardless. Yeah, I don't have much to add for the Saints, because what, what, what do you say? They were just that yeah. bad. Yeah, I mean, it was an expected result. 34 nothing. I mean, I tip my hat, but uh, it's part of the Patriots doing. There's not good. Um, um, all right, so the Bengals get their second one of the season off the schneid uh, a little bit. As I said in our group chat, um, my, my fingers are no longer on the panic button. I'm a man of my word. I said if they win this game, I'll, I'll back off a little bit. So uh, fingers are not on the panic button, but my arm is still like right in this area. Like my shoulder is getting a little sore from how long I've been holding my arm up. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Like you can go oh, like man. this, put your arms up, your arms get sore after a certain amount of time. My shoulder's starting to starting to twitch a little bit. Uh, but I am in the process of raising it up. Um, I forget who they have next week, but I thought they looked good. They've got the Seahawks next week in Cincinnati. So that actually Seahawks come out my um, what were your thoughts here? I mean, obviously, I think the Cardinals are a better team than people think they'd be, but go ahead. Yeah, Jonathan Gannon uh, is the guy for the job. Usually, I can kind of see – like, there's coaches where it's like you can make excuses for them initially, but when these first-year guys come in, especially with where the team is expected, like Jonathan Gannon and D'Amico Ryans both deserve a lot of credit because – they're doing what Frank Wright can do. And I feel like Frank Wright got the better of the two situations of like turning a bottom feeder kind of team around a little bit in the sense that they're competitive. I don't know. The Panthers, the Panthers roster may be worse than the Cardinals, but that's a different discussion. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, but I, uh, I, I think from the Bengals perspective here, um, it is a very much needed performance but it kind of came out that Joe Burrow is still not 100%. And that, that was pretty clear. I mean, you can make that assessment from the first couple games. Um, I get playing through an injury, but when you're playing, it's always something that's nagging, like it's on your mind, whether you like it or not. Subconsciously, it throws you off. Um, so I think as the season goes on, we're going to see this kind of thing we do every year with the Joe Burrow Bengals where they go on this run. They get hot right before the playoffs. Um 
I'm just curious as to where they're going to get seeded. Is it going to be seven or six? Are they? We saw the Ravens lose. The Steelers going to make it interesting. The Browns. I don't are, think they're. I don't think they're out of the division. I was about to say I, I wouldn't be shocked if all of a sudden they rip off like ten straight and they get the division again. Now they do have a tough schedule. They do have a very tough schedule. They go Seahawks. Their next few games. Yeah, the next six games are were are really tough. Seahawks, which that should be a good telltale of where they're actually going to be because that they need to win that game. But if they don't, it's they're really in trouble because then they go 49ers, Bills. Right, so that's a gauntlet. <laughs> uh, Texans, who are playing better, and then Ravens, Steelers. Mm-hmm. That's their next six, and I think at that point they need to win four or five of those to be like where we're saying they will be. Um, Burrow's not healthy. I thought he looked the best he's looked all year. I mean, threw for 350, three, or 317, three touchdowns. Uh, no T. Higgins almost made the offense look better because they just said, screw it. We're going to throw it to Jamar Chase every play. Um, yeah, crazy how that works out when you target your best guy. Yeah, cra- crazy stuff. <laughs> the thing that's still concerning to me about the Bengals offense, this is a team that, unlike the Bills, is committed and has been historically to running the ball. Joe Mixon had 25 carries over in this game, 81 yards on 25 carries. So not that they're not running the ball, they're just not doing it well. <laughs> like, that's the, Which, sure, when you run the ball 25 times, you're going to have a receiver who goes for 15 for 192. That opens that up, and that's the benefit of that. When your quarterback can throw for 300, you win by two scores, they have the best game of the year so far. Uh, but averaging three yards carry – Man, uh, they're gonna have to find a way to open that open that running game back up to where it was maybe a year or two years ago when they went to the Super Bowl because they were the mixing was rolling that year. Oh um, yeah. So we'll we will see, but this was a good win for them, and I'm I'm not gonna overanalyze it. Definitely, no, it just needed to be done, and good thing they got it done. Yeah. Last game I want to talk about Sunday night football: 49ers blow out the Cowboys. What is your immediate reaction uh i think i even called it on last week's podcast man like wouldn't be shocked me if they go on here and get blown out on sunday night football and sure enough they had like one of the worst defeats of the rivalry um i see a lot of people are out on Dak prescott i mean i'm gonna be honest unless you get a generational talent i think that he's like the most like modern day game manager you're going to really get in terms of he can move, he can throw, he can have a good game for you. He's due for some bad ones. Maybe game manager is the wrong word, but like he's just middle of the pack. I feel like he's just like a more athletic Derek Carr. Like I don't think he's guy that's going to lead you to the promised land, but at the same time, what are you going to get better if it's not like a generational talent in my eyes? Um, So I don't think they are really in the position, especially how good the defense is, to make an upgrade there. It's just a very typical Cowboys performance. And for the 49ers side of things, um, a lot of people like to read in. I mean, we say a lot on this show just how easy it is to play quarterback for that offense. I didn't know this. And, again, it is a – like you have George Kittle, you have Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, even Christian McCaffrey is good for chunk plays – but Brock Purdy in terms of like downfield is like the most efficient this year in terms of like 20 plus yards, like just completion percentage. Um, and that's not super surprising when you look at the personnel, but I think he does deserve a lot of credit. He's elevated the team a lot more than Jimmy G or really any past 49er quarterback that Shanahan's had in his time. Um, and I, I just, especially against the 40, like that, not 49ers, the Cowboys defense was, we had them up there. Like we all had them up there as a very elite group. Um, I got to get Brock Purdy's flowers, man. I know I, I do it a lot, but he's somebody that is probably going to be a starting quarterback at a very high level for a long time. He just doesn't have the draft status of like a guy like Joe Burrow and stuff. So we don't view him as that way, but he could be consistently elite for a while. So two things on Purdy. I'll get to that second, but uh, I am not out on Dak in the Cowboys, like Cowboys. I'm not on the Cowboys, personally. I don't think they're going to – they never do anything in the playoffs, but sorry. Oh, yeah. I mean, they'll make the playoffs, but I'm not saying they're going to. Yeah. They're, they're, 
sure, let's say they sneak into the NFC Championship and uh, play the 49ers again. We'll see how that goes. Like, it's or the be, yeah, yeah, right. It's not so gonna be any. It's not gonna be any different. Um, but in terms of Dak Prescott, this was really his only bad game this year. Um, you look at his games. He threw three picks in this game. He's thrown four on the year. Um, a couple of these picks in these games were tip balls. Like one, one of them to Fred Warner was for sure. And it's like, what well, is that really his fault? Uh, look, versus the Patriots, he lit it up. 261, a touchdown, 82% completion, 250, 250. And then week one against the Giants, I'm pretty sure he played like half the game. He had 140 passing yards. <laughs> like that was a blowout game. Yeah. Um, the, the, the Cowboys right now remind me of like, Remember when like GameStop was on the stock market going crazy? Like the stock was extremely volatile. That's the Cowboys like games this year. Like blowout yeah. win, blowout loss, blowout win, blowout loss. One side of the coin to the other. Uh, we can. I'm going to transition into my because both of my acquisitions for this week's buy sell hold are based in this game. Okay. Uh, or go our players for, players from these teams. Uh, I think that Dak Prescott will be the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys next year. However, after his contract expires next year, I think he will be done. And that is what I'm buying stock in. The Cowboys will move on after Dak from Dak Prescott in 2025. Um, so 24 will be his last year. Um, I, I looked up his contract details. Unless I completely misread it, I'm 99% sure, 99% sure that it expired last year's his last year. Last year is his le- next year is his last year. Jeez. Um, so with uh, 1.5 confidence, Dak Prescott will not be quarterback in the Cowboys after next season. <laughs> that's hey, that's no, that's good. That's a really good take on it. Um, because I'm gonna go with I mean it's three confidence because I'm so confident in Minshew Mania. Um, I don't know if you saw Anthony Richardson is out for an extended period of time with an AC joint sprain in his shoulder. So Gardner Minshew, I can go on the record, will not be a da- – he's not going to be probably a Dallas – he may be a Dallas Cowboy, but he will not be an Indianapolis Colt next year. He will not – and I'm going to go as far as this. His next team, he will be the starter for. He will be a starting quarterback on opening day in week one. This is where Minshew finally shows that, like, just the world. I'm st- – like, he's good. His stats show it that he's good. He's a yeah. serviceable quarterback. He's just not getting that like Brock Purdy push of his team's winning and being successful. But yeah, I uh, I agree. I think that if I didn't have my second purchase written down, I would definitely buy some shares in Gardner Minshew, and I might do it next week because yeah. he was he was number three on my want to buy list today. So great, yeah. great purchase, great Thanks. purchase. Um, my next purchase, tying back to Sunday Night Football, and you touched on it a little bit, but I, I do want to expand on it. Uh, that's Brock Purdy's legacy, two and a half confidence. Um, I'm not going to go out and say, oh, he's going to be top 10 all time. I'm just buying stock in the legacy on October 9th, 2023, because I think it's just going to only go up from here. He's in a real 2001 Brady situation, and I know that's very high com- comparison. Mm-hmm. But look at the num like look at the look at the story. It's it's weirdly similar. Mr. Irrelevant. The and the reason why I put legacy is because you even heard it last night. Chris Collinsworth, he was the last pick in the draft. He's been so phenomenal. He's a starter over Trey Lance and Sam Darnold. Here's a guy, you know, who's so good. Like I can't stand Chris Collinsworth, but he's true. The media is going to ride this story as long as he sees success. And uh, as great as this situation is, he's really good. He's a really good quarterback. He takes care of the ball and does exactly what he needs to do. He's Kirk Cousins on a great freaking roster. Ironically, Kyle Shanahan was the guy who found Kirk Cousins in Washington. So, um, But he's Kirk Cousins with an immaculate defense and an immaculate running back and a great offensive line and some really solid receivers as well. Um, yeah. He just I can't I can't praise him enough. I know like I've been on the record saying that they handled that Trey Lance Trey Lance situation poorly. Uh, and they did. I stand by those takes. It's less about, you know, who won the job during camp and more about like you guys spent three freaking first round picks on a guy that you started four times. Like, what are you doing? But right. uh Brock Purdy, I think he's got the potential to be an all time great at the, at this point in the situation. Um and with the way things are shaking out and how dominant they've been. 
I, dude, we, we could be looking at multiple Super Bowls. Like, I, I really think we could. And it really bugs me that Kyle Shanahan might have that because I can't stand the guy. But yeah. um, I like Brock Purdy. I like Christian McCaffrey. I like the I like the Niners team other than the fact that they're the Niners. <laughs> like, yeah, no, they just they really just got to keep that core together. But it's a, it's a solid group. And we'll and, see. You know, we'll see. Yeah, when, right. right now you're paying this this quarterback who's playing borderline top ten, like less than a million dollars a year because he's yeah. Mr. Irrelevant. We'll see how that shakes out when you got to start balancing contracts and whatnot and, and what he gets paid. Because this roster struggled when they were paying Jimmy Garoppolo a lot of money. And the reason they've succeeded is because they took basically took Jimmy Garoppolo's money and gave it to Christian McCaffrey. Like that's yeah. that's, like, that's yeah, basically put- what happened. And then replace Jimmy Garoppolo with somebody who's better. Right. <laughs> Yeah, no, just financially, just roster, like everything about it was just a huge bump to them. And um, I'm going to go with a team that, man, Jake is probably going to love this. Or may, he may not. Maybe we'll see what he views on the stance. But I'm putting a two confidence in the Vikings will make the playoffs this year. I think. What? They have been in every game. They have been losing them. But last year, that was not the story. And I think the rest of theirs, they kind of got some tough games out, like the Chiefs getting that out of the way, I think is huge. Would have been nice to get the, you know, Chargers win, but I know they got the Broncos and Raiders coming up then. So that's two wins. Division-wise, I wouldn't be shocked if they get to pick up some wins in the division. Um, I, I see the vision. I Like, I just see – I know Justin Jefferson is going to be hurt, but – they just find they were 13 and four last year. They found ways to win games last year. Um, I think they find a way. Like the the Chiefs game, I know it didn't go away, but there was a lot of, in my opinion, flags that didn't go their way. Like they could have won that game too. I know it's like they could have beat the Bucs, they could have beat the Chargers, they could have beat the Chiefs. They're right. Here's my here's they're my not as bad as they look. Even I the, fully agree. I fully agree. They're not as bad as they look. But yeah. They're one and four. Justin Jefferson is allegedly hurt. It's a battle. It's a battle. It's a grind to get back to 500. Uh, Justin Jefferson's allegedly hurt. It's not like they're in a division that they actually probably couldn't pull this off. I do think that this is a division that if they beat the Lions twice or something, I think they could pull this off. Right. Uh, they're going to have, for me to be interested in buying a stock, I'll say this they're going to have to handily beat the Bears this week. Yeah, I'm banking on it. I, I'm really, it's, I'm buying the stock low. It might be a sell, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they get what? to four and four sells. Sell. I would say, does it get any lower than one and four right now? Like, I I think it's uh, a stock that should really only go up for me, but we'll see, man. That's, that's really, fair. It's, it's not a crazy year. I'm going to write that down. Currently one and four. <laughs> It's going to be more- <laughs> awesome. oh man it's all right those are some good buys we're moving forward we're, we're building our portfolios as we go this will become more of an intense and integrated segment we're kind of in a weird phase right now um, but once we get our portfolios complete we'll be able to really start you know moving some money rolling, moving yeah. some money and debating these takes and if they're wins or losses um, but for now week six predictions starting on thursday night football the Broncos are going into Kansas City. Tough divisional matchup. Who do you got? It's going to be close because some reason the Broncos find a way to do this every year. You can look back historically. Russell Wilson probably has a good game, but they're not going to win. They never managed to do that. So I have the Chiefs. Yeah, me too. Didn't even think twice about it. Ravens going into Tennessee. I'm taking Baltimore. I'm, I'm just not sold on them being horrible. or off the, this, this loss against the Steelers doesn't fade. No, no, I'm not uh, really on them being horrible. I just think the Titans, some reason they're coming around for some reason. They're they're finding ways to win games. This might be kind of a panic kind of hand over the button game for the Ravens, but I agree that they're not horrible. But I'm taking the Titans. I do want to say before we move forward, our week five picks. Uh, you are currently eight and five. I'm seven and six, and Jake is six and six. We all have the Packers tonight, so you got the win on the week no matter what. Got a game. Got one. Um, I started rock. I mean, ice cold. My picks were for the for the 1 p.m. slate and Thursday. Commanders, Bills, Patriots, Titans, Ravens. Um, and then I ripped off Lions, 
Dolphins, Bengals, Eagles, Jets, Chiefs, 49ers, all to close out the day way better you know, and to be hopefully above 500 when the Packers win tonight. Um, but objectively, we'll see where that puts us for the year. Sorry, should have had this pulled up. Um, for the year, I'm 46 and 31. You're 43 and 34 on the year. So, again, we're right neck and neck with each other. I don't have Jake's numbers set up yet, so apologies, Jake, for your – your numbers there but um all right that takes us to 1 p.m slates week six commanders going into atlanta i'm gonna roll with atlanta we didn't get to talk about him this week but desmond Ritter kind of had a master class performance this week he's the best he's ever looked right when i was about to press the taylor heineke play him now button so yeah. i'm gonna roll with atlanta yeah and this is falcons just, they, they find ways to win you know and if it's a couple points whatever it's that's why i like them this year i'm gonna keep rolling with them Vikings, Bears. I'm going to pick the Vikings. Vikings, Vikings, Vikings. Yeah. Not right. taking Bears bait. <laughs> yeah. They're still on the no pick list. I should, I should clarify that. They're still on the no pick list. Uh, all right. Seahawks going into Cincinnati. I'm interested to see what you have to say here. Seahawks coming off the bye. Cincy coming off the big win. Yeah. Coming off the bye is appealing, but I'm going to roll Cincy. Um, yeah. They, they just can't lose this game. It's kind of one of those situations for me. I think they need it. I think I agree. It's do or die for Cincy. This is kind of where the last – I'm kind of like, all right, I'll pick them one more time. But now they're they're approaching like 50-50 game, depending on what I like. Normally they were pick every time list. 49ers at Browns, that's a team that's on the pick every time list. Um, yeah, yeah. It's hard to pick against the Niners right now. They're rolling through everybody, going with them. Saints at Texans. Saints coming off a huge win. I actually think I'm going to take the Texans at home here. Um, if the Patriots are as bad as I think they are, that doesn't mean much to me. And the Texans have looked good against everybody. Texans have looked good. Uh, I just really trust the Saints defense. Uh, I'm going to roll from here. It just sends rookie QB. Stroud hasn't really had a bad game. Maybe it comes here. Hasn't thrown a pick yet. NFL record. Uh, yeah. Colts at Jaguars. This is an interesting one. Yeah, second matchup. Especially with Minshew at the helm, it'd be a great story if they won. I just don't see it. Uh, I think the Jaguars, especially off of what happened last week, they got some momentum now. Uh, who won their first matchup? I'm forgetting. Colts did. Yeah, I say they split the season series. I had Jaguars written down. So fair enough. Um, Panthers at Dolphins. Yeah. Okay. Dolphins. Yeah. Both taking the Dolphins. <laughs> Patriots at Raiders. This is a asterisk game because it's a Monday night team, but so you can change your pick according to the rules after today. But I'm interested to see what your thoughts are. I'm gonna take the Patriots because I don't think McDaniels out coaches Bill. That game's gonna stink, man. I'm not gonna be tuning in. That's brutal. I, I think I'm gonna take the Raiders. The Patriots mm. are just – they're in such disarray right now. I mean, if they don't have their defense, they have nothing. And that's where I'm like, dude, if they don't have their defense, I don't think they're going to Now, the Raiders could come out tonight and suck, and I'll change my pick. But Very we'll true. see. Lions at Bucks. What are your thoughts? Lions, uh, just I just think they're a better team than the Bucks. That's just really my take on it. This is my upset pick of the week. This just feels like a Lions loss. The Bucs are really solid. They haven't looked bad they are good. yet. They have not looked bad yet. In the like, the Lions are just rolling. And I think this is just a classic Lions like setback loss where it's like, oh, they're elevating. They're going to be really good. Like they're a top five team in the league. And it's then they lose this. It's like, oh, meh. Like, yeah. Who are they? You know what I'm saying? Like, just feels like a classic Lions loss. Uh, Cardinals at Rams. Rams are becoming an automatic pick for me, depending on who they play. If it's anybody near the game, I'm taking them. So I, I love what I saw at Cooper Cup last week. You didn't really miss a beat. The, the stock is rising. The stock <laughs> is rising. Yeah, that was uh, beautiful. Take the Rams. Yeah, me too. Eagles at Jets. I'm not thinking twice. I'm taking the Eagles. Yeah, yeah. Not over and overthink this one. And Giants at Bills. Dable revenge game is interesting, but I'm going to go with the Bills. I just hate the Giants this year. I, it's bad. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm I haven't pressed the button yet, but like I'm, I'm out of the room, oh, so I can't really press the button. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> yeah, I gotta feel like oh, was, yeah, yeah. I don't even know it's worth signifying if the button's been pressed. Um, Sunday night or Monday night football. Is it Giants Bills on Sunday night? Jeez, that's gross. Monday night football, Cowboys Chargers. Ooh. In LA. Ooh. Kellen Moore is in the Chargers building, so I'm gonna take the Chargers. Mm, interesting. I like it. I'm taking the Cowboys. I'm glad you picked the Chargers. That's why I said I like it. I think they get a bounce back win. The volatility here. I just I don't know. They need a bounce back win. I just I think I just love if they lost more. I just who wouldn't, man. Who wouldn't? <laughs> yeah. But uh, I'm gonna roll with the Cowboys. Chargers coming off a bye. I don't know. Yeah, no, I see it. No, I see the this Cowboys. was a close one. This was a close one because I do like the Chargers. But that wraps up our picks for week six. Um, we're doing fairly decent. I would lo- I should do the math on where we were last year with our picks at this time. But uh, 46 and 32 for me, 43 and 35, like I said before, or, or take a loss off because they haven't played the Packers game yet. But, um, yeah, I am um, feeling pretty good about my picks so far this year. We're still neck and neck for some reason, somehow. Hey, over we're five. separated by separated by two wins all time still, which is insane given the fact that we picked almost 350 games at this point. But you gotta love it. Yeah. Um, any closing thoughts before we uh, get ready to watch some Monday night? No, I just hope Aaron Jones gets the ball tonight. As a uh, he uh, awesome just got listed ball. as inactive, so. and I hate it here. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll keep. Yeah, the real Trent Richardson watch tonight is AJ Dillon. Uh, uh, I'm telling you, man, I had so much higher expectations. I was hoping mini Derrick Henry, and that's not what we're getting. But no, it's it's not. I'm I'm concerned about the Packers O line nights. I'm concerned. Uh, I'm just concerned. Concerned. I'm Packers. just concerned. Yeah. <laughs> concerned. Good. Good analysis right there. <laughs> no, hopefully, different. Real in depth. But no. Yeah. As always, thanks for listening. Be sure to check us out on Twitter and TikTok and uh, come back next Monday for same stuff, same old, same old predictions and analysis. Um, We're having fun. So send us your thoughts, your ideas, your takes. uh, And yeah, appreciate you guys listening. Catch you next time. Yeah.